the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Podcast. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Please join us for the very first Indie Pods United Convention. This online event is for both new and veteran podcasters, where we will listen and learn from each other. The online Indie Pods United Convention begins on the 29th November through until the 3rd of December 2020, featuring amazing shows and information to learn more about the great world of podcasting. For more information and to register for this unmissable event, please visit the website now, IndiePodsUnited.com. Indie Pods United Convention. Together we listen. This is your city. This is your city wants to know. We want to know the background, the heartbeat of what makes up our beautiful cities. We dig into the backstories from the struggles to the successes of our local entrepreneurs, small business owners, artists, not-for-profit organizations, and the many, many people who make up the intricate tapestry of our communities. Real people, real stories, by you and for you. But wait, that's not it. I love giving my opinion. Just ask anyone who knows me. We can't get enough of the honest, gritty feedback of places that we spend our hard-earned money. I'll give you the good, the bad, and the ugly of the places I eat, sleep, and visit. Disclaimer, my opinion, my opinion only. All right, so come on. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, Kim here from This Is Your City. I just thought I'd do a quick intro here because our guest, Nigel Beckles, will be in a two-part series. This is part one. Nigel has so much to offer and so much to say as an expert in abusive relationships. He's an author, co-founder of Abusive Relationships, Reflections on Abusive Relationships. He has a lot to offer. So tune in next week for part two when we delve into the narcissistic personalities of abusive relationships, which he's also an expert in. So thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome. And thank you once again for tuning in to This Is Your City. As always, I am Kimberly Wardell, your host. Today's guest, I have to tell you, an amazing resume. This man's accomplishments are, are outstanding. Let me just tell you a few things about him before I, I introduce him to you. He's an author. He has a book called How to Avoid Making the Big Relationship Mistakes. And being published this year, he has another book coming out called How to Avoid Abusive Relationships, A Guide to Toxic Personalities. But that's not it. He's not just an author. I don't even want to say just an author, but he's also a qualified radio presenter. He's been a radio host for many years, online advisor. He's also kind of been an actor, really. He calls it contribution. I call it 
He acted in a, in a documentary. He played himself. It's an award-winning documentary movie, Looking for Love. It's out on DVD, and you can also get it on Amazon Prime, which is amazing. Check it out, Looking for Love. He's also a member of Survivor Provider Services. This is dedicated to helping support professionals and organizations give, provide information regarding victims and survivors of abusive relationships. He, he helps and he provides support for that. He's a co-founder of Reflections on Abusive Relationships. The acronym for that is ROAR, like a lion, R-O-A-R, Reflections of Abusive Relationships. He's also got a support group. It's for victims and survivors of abuse, and it's over 21,000 members on Facebook. So later on, we'll get the information for that if you wanted to, uh, to check it out and reach out to him. Nigel Beckles is my guest. Nigel Beckles, hi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? Hi, Kimberly. Yes, I'm fine. Great to be with you. Wow, that's an impressive resume. Thank you. Impressive resume. And we will get to it, I promise you. But I like to do things just a little bit differently. I like to kind of rewind, go a little bit backwards. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go back in time just a little bit. So for our listeners, so they get to know you a little bit. Now, no, that's fine. So with that, with that introduction, you have conquered so many goals in your life. You're continuing to, to dream and conquer. You have drive, but it had to come from somewhere. So Nigel, tell me, take me back to little Nigel, young Nigel as a child, as a teenager. What kind of, what kind of child was Nigel Beckles? Well, a curious child. I'm still curious up till now. Uh, but I grew up in a home where I did witness domestic violence and domestic abuse. And that did have an impact on me as, a, as an adult uh, in terms of trying to work out what was right, what was wrong. Instinctively, I knew, I know the difference between right and wrong. But at the same time, you're kind of growing up in an environment where where there's domestic violence you're never sure what's going to happen next it's a very insecure environment for a child on top of that one of my parents had very strong narcissistic um, traits um, and if you grow up with a, a parent who's narcissistic then you're more likely to be conditioned to accept toxic behavior as acceptable behavior and as an adult you're more likely to fall prey to a narcissistic abuser because you're conditioned to accept toxic behavior as being normal. So you grew up in a relationship witnessing abuse and narcissistic, uh, a parent who had narcissistic tendencies. What were you as a child, as a teenager dealing with that? How did you, were you athletic? Did you join the arts? How did you, how did you deal with that? And how did you, how did you put yourself into something else? so that it didn't consume you? Well, as a, a teenager, um, I actually started, started to do uh, martial arts. Um, subconsciously, the objective was to protect my mother because when the violence occurred, I would try and protect my mom. Um, obviously, being a small child, I used to get thrown aside, probably a little bit abused myself. Uh, 
So I started martial arts probably when I was about 11 years old and I was obsessed. I was Bruce Lee obsessed. <laughs> if anything Bruce Lee could do, I wanted to be able to do two finger pressure, press ups, flips, back flips, etc. So that kind of consumed quite a lot of my life, actually, when I think back now, because I would train every day. I was going to maybe three or four martial art classes per week. And that's where you were expelling all of that energy that was going Energy, through. yeah. You know, and I was, you know, studying different styles, practicing different styles, you know, judo, karate, kung fu, taekwondo. Yeah. You yeah. still do it? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I still try and obviously try and keep relatively fit, uh, you know, but then I've also been quite, um, I wouldn't say intellectual, but I've always enjoyed writing and I've always enjoyed research. In my late teens, I joined a a band at school, a musical band, reggae band. So I used to write the, used to write the songs because I was like co-lead singer. So I used to write, write the lyrics for the songs. So I've had different interests. I mean, I mean, my interests are quite, I suppose, diverse. But when I was at school, uh, my favourite subjects were English language, English literature and history. Oh, I love history. Yeah. Mm. What about siblings? Do you have any siblings? I have one brother who is younger than I, so I'm the, I'm the oldest. I also have a half-brother from my father's side of the family. Unfortunately, he has turned out to be the devil incarnate, but we'll, um, we might explore that later on. <laughs> and is he, I just want to know, because this, this kind of has context, I suppose, with what we'll talk about. Is he your father's son? Correct. Because your father was the abuser in your home. Well, that's a, diff a difficult one to call, really. Because from my perspective as a child, yes. But then there is something called emotional baiting. I could walk into a situation where there was a, a massive argument or physical fight going on, but I wasn't privy to know what had happened prior. That's amazing that you can have that mindset. That's amazing. A lot of people, I've not heard anybody say it in those sense of terms. You weren't privy to what happened before. And there is that emotional baiting. Some people, they just grab sides and that's all it is, right? And somebody's at fault. So that you would say that really helps us open up to, to a different viewpoint. At the end of the day, with time and age and research comes a little bit of wisdom and you know really i mean sometimes yes um domestic violence domestic abuse is a is a black and white issue in terms of well one person's the abuser the other person is the victim even though i know a lot of people don't like the word victim but that's if, so, if someone's abusing you or then you know you're you're being abused effectively right. uh so as you kind of do more research and get more understanding, then you kind of understand it from maybe a different point of view. Not everything in life is black and white. It would be very easy in life if everything was binary, but life isn't like that. Let me, let me just ask you this. So we, we mentioned your books and love, love is such a tricky thing. Just the word love is a tricky thing, isn't it? 
<laughs> now, I'm married, but I can tell you right now, in today's day and age, I would never want to go back out onto that dating scene. I would not want to be a part of any of this world of love today. And it's complicated. It's complicated. So I'm wondering, what made you become so interested in this intricate, complicated world of love and relationship? What made you, you become a part of this? Well... As you mentioned, my book is called How to Avoid Making the Big Relationship Mistakes. And I have made most of them, <laughs> if not all of them. So initially the book started off as a quest of really trying to understand my journey at that particular moment in my life. And it just kind of blossomed from there because I didn't really know how deep a topic or subject relationships are. It's only when I started to do the research and I ended up doing 800 pages for, my, for the book draft, um, five years research, because it's like going down a rabbit hole. Well, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? You know, so the final published book came out at around 400 pages, which is quite a hefty, hefty That's book. That's a big edit. Yeah, that's a big edit. Thank, thank <laughs> the Lord. Thank the Lord for my lovely editor, Denise Roberts. Yes. The first half of the book is, deals with self-development. Certain issues like that um, process of self-discovery, uh, self-esteem, emotional intelligence, the science of love, which is actually two chapters. Because there is a biochemical side to attraction. Right you know, and being involved and being bonded with another person. It's not necessarily all lovey-dovey, you know, Romeo and Juliet kind of situation. It's, it's, quite, it's quite, a deep, uh, quite a deep topic. And one of the, the first chapters, actually, the first chapter is called uh, Love Myths. Because a lot of us get programmed into believing these myths about love fueled by Romeo and Juliet and right. <laughs> movies, Hollywood movies, you know, Love uh, at First Sight, Sleepless in Seattle, etc. Real life is rarely like that. I think after you get, you're in a relationship for, it's even less than a year, but let's just say a year, realize that the fairy tale is just that. It's just a fairy tale. Most relationships go through the, the honeymoon stage, you know, with the golden yeah. period, you know, yeah. as, as it's called, you know. So, yeah, obviously... You know, your hormones are popping, you know, <laughs> your, your oxycodone is, is, is flowing, you're bonding, etc. And then real life kicks in. And then real life kicks in. Yeah, a year to 18 months is generally considered the honeymoon phase, the honeymoon period. So your first book is about personal development and healthy relationships, romantic relationships. Well, the first part of the book, then the second part of the book is, gets into the nitty gritty of relationships, you know, like online dating, compatibility issues, mm. compatibility hazards, relationship progression, you know, how a healthy relationship should progress. progress. So, um, yeah, it covers a lot, of, um, a lot of ground. A lot of ground. And everybody should get this book. I mean, we think we know things and then we read something from an expert like yourself and we realize we don't know much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's all trial and error. But sometimes there's, there's people out there, there's, there's help that can, we, can, we can read, we can listen to. It doesn't, we don't have to go through so much error. And you help with that, okay? I've been there. 
this. You've gone down the rabbit hole for some of us so that we don't have to do it. Probably write a hundred books on this, this topic and still not cover all of it. Would you say so? Well, the issue becomes, well, certainly for me with the first book, is what do you leave in and what do you take out? You know, because my editor had to go through 800 pages of, of material and I'm a two-finger typist. I'm not, a, you know. <laughs> so at the end of the day, yeah, you have to decide really what are you going to include. I think the good thing for me was the material that was omitted from the first book, I've been able to use that for the forthcoming second book. Your book coming out this year is about abusive relationships. Quite the opposite of the spectrum of the healthy development, healthy romantic relationships. It's quite the opposite. So before we get into that, let's talk about the personal development though, the, that side of things. I mean, it should be obvious to some of us, but it's downright difficult sometimes. It's really hard. So how do we create those personal boundaries for ourselves? You write about personal boundaries in your book. How do we create that? Well, the first thing is to have a look at yourself, which is a, something a lot of people are reluctant or <laughs> resistant uh, to do. What I have observed is that you know, people go into relationships, the relationship doesn't work out, um, and then they're busy pointing fingers saying, no, it's his fault or it's her fault, this hasn't worked out. But you have to kind of have enough self-awareness to actually look at yourself and say, well, how did I contribute to that? How did I negatively impact on that particular relationship? What, what did I do wrong? What baggage did I walk into that relationship with? Because right. what you'll tend to find is if someone's got like quite a lot of emotional baggage, that baggage will eventually come out in the relationship in the form of conflicts. So you'll notice that certain people have relationship patterns. So their partners change, but the outcome doesn't because the outcome is usually a, a relationship failure. And then they go looking for love somewhere else and the same thing happens again. So it, it's just a pattern, a pattern of behavior. So until that pattern is broken in terms of the individual, they're just going to carry on on this carousel, on this merry-go-round, hmm. forever pointing the finger at the other person. That's right. I, I say looking at your ugly. You have to look in the mirror and mm. look at your own ugly, which mm. he likes to do. It's painful sometimes. In order to advance and become a healthier person so that you find healthier relationships, it's like a must-do. You have to look in the mirror mm. and accept that you have ugly yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not necessarily always ugly. It may just, no. it may just be you have certain personality traits or certain personality tendencies that can make you probably vulnerable to becoming involved in a relationship that is not healthy. Yeah. So for example, if you grow up in a home and you are um, the caregiver as a child, so say your parent has got a drink problem, a drug problem, a uh, mental health problem, that child can end up being the caretaker. So the roles are reversed effectively. But then when they become adults, they have still got that mindset, which leads to codependency. So then they get into a relationship where they're always giving and caretaking their partner. Now, if their partner has got abusive tendencies, well, that's going to suit the abuser perfectly. 
because abusers are all about power and control and taking and someone who's got codependent tendencies are, are givers just like someone who's like got strong empathic traits you know they're givers but they're givers for a different different reason as it were i often hear uh codependents and empaths compared and there, there's the, no comparison in the sense that the motivation is different I would say a codependent can be created as a child, but also a codependent can be created in an abusive relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen, and it's happened to myself, where a person can be quite confident, have high self-esteem and going into a relationship. But if they go into a relationship with an abuser, the first task of an abuser, the first objective is power and control. And the easiest way to control somebody is to lower their self-confidence, lower their self-esteem and, and isolate them. That's one of, one of the strategies of an abuser. They like to isolate their partner because that makes them easier to control because they haven't got the support network there. Join Kimberly and Nigel on another podcast episode as they continue their conversation exploring relationships. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.